Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the End Zone Militia Season 2, Episode 13, Week 6 Game Day Panel. I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. I'm also here with Mr. Exclusive himself, Riley Weaver. What's up? I'm also here with the Captain, Captain Cademan. Day so-and-so and still no bell. And our special guest, Scott Barrett. Greetings and salutations. All right, so Phil, we got uh, a good amount of episodes of games this week. Um, also, uh, do apologize to everyone that we did not have a recap episode. That's just an apology tech, tech issues. Shame. So anyway, so Phil, we got some good games to talk about here. Yeah, we have a couple of good games, a couple of not so good games, but you know, I kind of want to give uh, do exactly what we did last week, and you know, give our special guest the floor here for for a couple minutes. Uh, Scott, you know, I want to bring you in right away with the guy, uh, with the people here, and just kind of take a minute and a half to two minutes, and kind of tell us uh, what the season that you've seen so far through your your eyes, whether it's maybe a team uh, that surprised you here and there, maybe a team that hasn't surprised you here and there. Just uh, give us what you've seen in your eyes through the uh, first six weeks of action here, first five weeks of action. Well, a couple of things. We're, we're really close to the NWOL here. So just looking at Patrick Henry coming back from kind of a mediocre season, and here they are, you know, rolling 5-0, and oh, number three in max preps, number two in the AP, number one in the region, number one small school in the blade pole. So, you know, Patrick Henry looks really good. The WBL, pretty juicy. A lot of cool things going on in that conference. A lot of heavyweights that, you know, when you pick the, the, the paper up on Saturday – a lot of surprises in that league. Teams like Wapak and, and, and Van Wert and certainly Lima Bath at their start. Salina looks to be the class of that conference. And then Defiance has had a great turnaround. Travis Cooper, the culture of that program has flipped dramatically. You know, those are the things that kind of stick out to me. You know, you look at the WBL versus the NLL. A lot of people like the WBL a little bit better as I do. The NLL has some teams more top-heavy. Perrysburg looks very good. Anthony Wayne, probably the best Three skilled guys with Grant uh, Kinney, Brandon Gardner, Wynn Sharp. I don't know that there's three better offensive players in all of Northwest Ohio. So you got great skilled players. You got Napoleon trying to figure things out with a big win last week and another win in the horizon. The WBL being tough and Liberty Center sitting right there is a monster. Really, all divisions. I don't know that Liberty Center would be afraid to play a Salina or be afraid to take on an Anthony Wayne right now. I think Liberty Center proportionally is pretty doggone strong, guys. Absolutely. So let's get into the games. First, the GMC, the Antwerp Archers traveling over to the reservation, the 0-5 Fairview Apaches. I think we all know who we're going to pick here. So I'm going to go name your score for here for the Archers. So, Scott, what do you got for us? Well, I think this one's an easy to pick. Can you pick the number? I think what Jason Hale's doing at Antwerp, the ball is rolling. You know, this thing is a continuation from last year. They're going to destroy Fairview. Unfortunately, Fairview's flipped a bit, 55-6 Antwerp. All right. Cade? I'm just going to be first to say that this game will take a long time to get done with <laughs> again. <laughs> okay. Two teams that spread the field a lot. Fairview, they've definitely get, taken a big jump from last year to this year. They're going to spread it out. Seavec's probably going to throw the ball about 40 times this game. Just Antwerp's defense is going to hold – their corners are going to hold strong. Fairview not really have an established run game, just a little too one-dimensional for me. I go 47-7. All right. Mr. Exclusive. Kind of close to score with Cades, but I'm going to do 42-7 Antwerp. All right. And Phil. 
I had 49-14 Antwerp. I think Coach Hale does a nice job of kind of calling off the dogs and, you know, getting some other guys some reps in there. So he's probably not going to run it up too much. And I, I do like William Zedike, man. And I think the Mead kid on the outside, too, he's a nice little talent. So they have some good pieces to work around. Still a little bit young. Antwerp gets the nod there. All right. Next, the Ayersville Pilots, 4-1, and 2-0. and uh, Traveling over to Hicksville, 1-4, and 0-2. Uh, I think this is also a game that just name your score here. Um, Hicksville do have some sm some nice pieces, but not all there. And I think it's too much for Ayersville. Uh, give me a f give me a forty two zero win for the Pilots. Uh, Captain, what do you got? You know, Hicksville's a really interesting team. They're bouncing back from a rough season last year too. They got a lot of pieces. I really like their running back. I forget his name. I think it's Riley Greeny. Bruh. Brett Langham, he's another good receiver for him. Every once in a while, you'll see him play some quarterback. So they got some athletes, just probably not enough to hang with Ayersville. So I'm going to go 34 to 14. All right. Scott? Well, I got Ayersville in this game. It's an easy pick. I mean, traveling Hicksville is no fun. But bottom line is, you know, Ayersville lost big offensive weapons from last year. They replaced that, and they're 4-1, and, and they're four and one, 2 and on the league. So give them a lot of credit. They're, they're also keeping that ball rolling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Exclusive? <coughs> I'm about to go with Ayersville 35-0. 35-0, all right. And, Phil, what do you got for us? Uh, Ayersville coming off a nice win against Edgerton. Torrin can even 22 carries, 173 yards, two touchdowns. He's kind of led the charge for them. You know, my question for this Ayersville team is what happens when they get into a pinch where they need to throw the football? Uh, Lucas Fishball, 9 of 21, 121 yards, two scores, three picks last week, though. So uh, if you're a team that can kind of get Ayersville to be a little bit one-dimensional through the air, that's where they can struggle. We saw Paulding kind of force them to do that, and they were not able to get anything going until the fourth quarter. So that Ayersville's an interesting story there. Pretty easy pick for this game, but moving forward, something they're definitely going to have to want to work on. I think you might see see that this game yep. try to maybe open it up and give Fishball some some opportunities where he can choose a one option he doesn't like it good do a dump down um, high school quarterbacks gradually don't want to give them more than maybe one or two really good drop in one two three four looks at this level you're you're doing something right so um, I do have Ayersville winning this game though 34-7 they have struggled a little bit offensively so yeah. maybe not going to be able to score Absolutely. as much as what uh, they Ken want and I've been mentioning this since what when did we start talking about that like week two three week two Week two is when we started talking about yeah. that. So as the season progress kid progresses, go ahead, Scott. I didn't mean to interrupt. I want to make sure I had a score on that at 42 to 12. But to Phil's point, good point, Phil. Bottom line, Ayersville's playing good defense. Mm -hmm. But this is a contender, pretender, you know, scenario situation for Ayersville. This will be a week they win, but then they get to the meet. We get a chance to see what they're all about. Absolutely. You know, Isaiah, just this rivalry game in the GMC, usually they beat up on each other quite a bit. Yeah. There's been some years that Hicksville was – the dominant team. Yeah, they yeah, absolutely. But there's been some years you say Hicksville's probably favored a little bit, and then Ayersville beats them. Or you got one year, Ayersville's probably favored, and then Hicksville beats them. Yeah. Uh, so I it believe, really goes I back, back and forth a Dawson lot. when Dawson Dales, when they played his junior and senior year, those – those games were uh, absolute nail biters. Yeah, and, and just to, just to further my point, just just because I have the numbers in front of me and I, you know, stats are cool. Yeah, um, they are cool. <clears throat> uh, Lucas Fishball in the year uh, so far after five games, thirty-two of seventy-nine for four hundred and forty-six yards. So, um, forty percent completion percentage, seven touchdown, eight interceptions. So a ninety-six QB rating. Uh, maybe not as high as what you'd want, but again, you know, first-year quarterback. There's obviously going to be some hiccups, but a very very big bright spot is Torn Can even one hundred and two rushes for five. 
515 yards and six scores, averaging about five yards a carry. So when he gets the ball, he's really effective, and uh, they feed off of him. They just have to have a couple more pieces, I think, as Scott mentioned, when they start their GMC grind here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, so we're going to play a game of let's find out uh, as the season progresses for the Pilots. So next we have the Edgerton Bulldogs hosting the 3-2 and Paulding Panthers. I honestly think this could be interesting a yeah. little bit. I think it could be. I don't know, though. That's the that's the one reason. So, Phil, fill me some stats. Well, I just uh, – I think this game um – I like Paulding because of their physicality. I think Edgerton does – they do a nice job of mixing up the run with the pass, but we've seen the Wayne Trace physicality kind of take over last week against Edgerton. Uh, maybe it was two weeks ago. Um, but uh, I like Paulding. They're playing really well. They're playing confident. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, I can't remember his name, Jack something, but he had the two safeties against Ayersville two weeks ago or a week ago. Uh, you know, he's a really, really nice defensive player, so Edgerton's going to have a hard time getting things going. I like Paulding in this football game. I think it might be close to the end, 35-21 Panthers prevail. All right. Scott? I mean, this is an easy one for me. I think Paulding's playing well, and they're physical. They're the, they're the sleeper, maybe the dark horse in that conference, and I'm, I'm taking Paulding 28-12 over Edgerton. All right, Mr. Game Day. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a struggle in the beginning, but I feel like Paulding can take this uh, for a lead. Um, I'm going to say Paulding 28-13. All right, Captain? A couple weeks ago when I watched Paulding play so I was really impressed with Paulding's physicality. Edgerton just has too many question marks for me to really pick them, and I love – Pauling's running back, Kobe Floor. He re big kid, really physical. Just Pauling's got to be able to spread the ball a little bit more. Mm -hmm. They got a nice playmaker at receiver, only sophomore, Blake Roadhouse. So I think Paulding is the more complete team at this time. Uh -huh. okay. So I'm going to go Paulding 28-14. All right. Uh, Paulding, I'm going to go with Paulding here. Uh, this is the, Like Scott said, this is an easy pick. Um, give me a 35-7 win. Uh, I like Paulding where they're sitting at uh, the 0-10 seat. They went one and nine or zero and ten. They went one and nine last year, and and uh, coming back this year, starting off three and uh, coming off obviously three and two at this time is not the greatest on paper, but given the way they've been playing, um, and if you look back at the Airsville game, so they, you can make an argument. If you, if you, look, if you right look, at, if you look at, at the Airsville game and take out and take out the one at least one touchdown or able to uh, shut down Abe Delano, we're talking about Paulding Wayne Trace. And Antwerp, mm -hmm. in the for the league title. So and Paulding's other loss was <clears throat> to a solid team too. Yeah. So I mean, we're yeah. gonna <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna see Paulding. I love this story. They're a great story, especially last year with all the turmoil they had. You have a coach that leaves. Now you got a guy that's there. He's with the program. He gets the best out of his kids. I love what they're doing. Yeah, like you said at the beginning of the year, Phil. There's a lot of teams that have storylines, and Paulding was one of them, I believe. Correct? Absolutely. So and we head on to the last game, the Tenora Rams, two and three, one and one, hosting the Raiders. The Raiders. Three and two, two and zero oh in the GMC. Um, let's go with the stat guy again. Phil, what do you got for us on this one? You know, this was a little bit back and forth for me. I think Wayne Trace is playing pretty confident right now, <clears throat> but I also think uh, you know Tenora is playing, you know, pretty well as well. They're still. You know, this was, again, this is a toss-up game. You know, Tenora last week, right in the driver's seat to be able to contend with Antwerp, uh, you know, maybe going to go in and get a touchdown or something. And, you know, you get a 100-yard you get a hundred a hundred yard interception return for a touchdown by Carson Altimus. And then the very, very next drive, you get a 90-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Antwerp again. So two drives, two turnovers that were taken into touchdowns, kind of the difference of that ball game. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Wayne Trace on the road 
game-winning field goal, 17-14 in a physical contest. All right. Mr. Game Day. Well, I'm I'm going to have to go with Tenora. It's going to be – I feel like – Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's going to be back and forth, beating each other the whole game. But it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, last play. Uh, I feel like Tenora <laughs> – We'll get the last touchdown. I'm going to say Tenora 35 to 28. Dang, okay. Scott? Yeah, I, I'm with Tenora on this. This is kind of my upset special of the week. I mean, I like Wayne Trace. They've been in some wars. Um, but Tenora, I, I'm a big fan of Eric Becker. Obviously, you know, that community is, is just, it, you know, infused that football team with just a lot of family. They're at home. It's a big game for them. It's kind of a make-or-break-it game here in the midseason, and I think mm -hmm. Eric's going to get these guys ready to play, and I'm going to take Tenor in a one-point ball game, maybe the best game in the entire region, I mean, in terms of entertainment and uh, importance for both teams. All right. I like it. All right, Captain. So just looking at this game and just I'm thinking about just all the past playoff football games Wayne Trace and Tenor has had. Wayne Trace has had some really good teams the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So Tenora's also had some really good teams too. Nothing against them. It's just I look at this game. I just think about Tenora's red zone struggles right now. Mm -hmm. Like we got you got to get that figured out. You can't. You got to score in a red zone. You just have to. Wayne Trace has played a gauntlet schedule too. They're playing pretty well right now. I want to see Tenora's defense help out the offense a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a fumble recovery, get an interception, turn it back for a pick six to get some gets a little bit more points because if you can't score in a red zone, it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing I think might stick out to me is if Tenora's defense can help out the offense a little mm -hmm. bit. And if Dominic Ramazzi is going to be able to throw the football when needed to because Wayne Trace's defense will stop the run. Hey, man, you're from Tenora, man. Just make the pick. I know what you want to make it. Just do it. Lay <laughs> <laughs> it out there and get it done. Get this is called out by the I mean, you, got, you got the green and the white. Let's go, man. Sorry. It's called out. It's called I do, I do out. That, I do that sometimes. I'm sorry. Just been thinking Talking about this. Talking to death, man. Pull the trigger. Let's go. Okay. All right, Cade. 21-13, Tenora. There you go. Well, everyone here my at the Game Bay panel. Oh, he got the captain fist, fist bump. Cade <laughs> knows what I'm going to say. Riley knows what I'm going to say. And Phil already knows what I'm going to say. The autumn wind. The autumn wind is a Raider. Give me the Raiders. Uh, too many question marks in the red zone for Tenora. I uh, And Wayne Trace is just going to gobble that up like it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. So <laughs> give me the Raiders 28-13. Uh, you know, and uh, while we're talking about it, I just want to give one of my outside games. I can't see my board, but I'm going to on the road at 5-0, and Milan Edison. Milan Edison, a team that uh, possibly, potentially, Liberty Center could see. I think mm -hmm. they're in that Division 5 slate. They might yes, have moved Edison. out of it. Edison? But I believe Milan Edison is still on that Division 5, Region 18. Uh, Bellevue, a team that Wasion sees, physical team. So this could be a physical game. Edison at home, though, tough to beat those guys yes, at home. So they are. Um, I, I, I would venture to guess if I had to pick, Edison probably wins this game, but it could be a Pretty good, pretty good contest. Yeah, they're number four in the computer point standings, right behind Liberty Center. Phil, did you just like you went off script there to get Edison in there a little bit? I, little taste, I you know, I like, I do uh, a uh, an off script of my games of interest. I, I this Outside is how I kind of covered out uh, at Sega. I'm checking the schedule here, oh, yeah, making sure I know how to follow here. I get wanna, a script and you get to go off. That's what you guys do. You host. Oh, I uh, the hostess I, no, with the I, most. I, I, I the stats guy is the only one that gets to do this. Addition yeah, 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 assist, yeah, taking assist. control so of possession. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You get a game. You get a game. If you want to chime in on that, feel free. If you want to chime in. I mean, I'm with Phil. Edison's old school, man, and I'm, I'm taking people that want to play Smash Mouth football in today's generation. I'm Absolutely. taking Edison all day long. Absolutely. 
So we head on over to the NLL. And first is the Buckeye division, the Finley Trojans, 4-1 undefeated in NLL play, hosting the Blue Devils, 2-3, 0-2. This has massacre written all over. Roll out the Trojan horse again. Uh, give me – I think this is going to be a name-your-score type game. Uh, I think it just depends when um, Finley wants to call off the dogs. at the, And I think we're going to have running clock going into the third quarter. Uh, give me – even though I say name your score, give me a 49 nothing win for the Trojans. Phil, throw it at me. Uh, it's probably going to be more like 56 nothing. Finley's really, really good. Oh, yeah, uh, Ryan Montgomery's going to have a heyday there in the first half, probably be able to take the second half off, still throw for four or five touchdowns. Uh, Finley all day. I had 55-6. Springfield might get a touchdown on the JV. All right. Scott? Yeah, this is – you know, there's some games you want to analyze and take time to talk about. This one's not one of them. Finley 45 nothing running clock second quarter. All right, Cade. Finley 56 nothing. Mr. Game Day. Yeah. I feel like Finley is going to try a few things in the beginning, but then when second half comes, it's just going to be Snowballing. JV or freshman. A lot of reps yeah. for JV and freshman, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to say Finley 42 to 6. All right. And anyway, so we get to our next Buckeye Division game. The Perrysburg Yellow Jackets, Yellow Jackets are known as the Swarm. 5 and 0, 3 and 0. Hosting Sylvania Northview, one and four, one and three. Uh, this is just like just like the Finland game. This is going to be a massacre. Too many athletes for the swarm all day. Swarm. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to take it. Fifty-six, nothing. Peberg. Scott. Yeah, this was just another one of those you know not interesting games. But Perrysburg's a very interesting team. Number one in the blade pole with ease. Number two in Division One. Number three in the region. I mean, they're at, um, number eight in the AP poll. I mean, the numbers just stack up. So this is not going to be a game of concern. But Perrysburg is certainly a team yeah. that I think you need to watch and watch deep into the, the season Jagger playoffs. Nine. Absolutely, Cade. Peberg forty-nine nothing. Mr. Game Day. Peberg forty-five to six. Bill, throw it at me, buddy. Uh, Northview, to their credit, 19 points in the fourth quarter last week against BG to try to make a comeback. BG was able to get a late touchdown to kind of obviously Perrysburg, different animal. Uh, Nick Oros, 20 carries, 111 yards and two scores last week against Clay. Josh Tackett's 12 of 18, 196 yards and three scores. All three touchdowns going to his main man on the outside, Gavin Fennekin, who had six receptions for 84 yards and three scores. Uh, too much Perrysburg, way too often, way too early. 48-7, the Swarm. Freaking love the Swarm. And now we head on <coughs> over to the Cardinal Division. Now, this game, I think this could be very interesting. The Bowling Green Bobcats, 4-1, 2-1, hosting the Clay Eagles, 2-3, 1-3. Now, on paper, this has BG, but... I don't know. Clay, I, but Clay, Clay is I good. I, th that. I think they're pretty good. Their record may not say it, but we got to remember, they play some really tough teams, really tough teams. And I truly think this could be a really good game. But the Heinzel kid, uh, okay, uh, so playing Sandusky, beating him by a point, being Northview 42-35. Then played Whitmer 49-21, lost to Finley 42-7, and then coming off Peberg 44-7. So they only scored 14 points in their last two games combined. But also it's Finley and Perrysburg. Yeah, big, so dog. big dogs. I think since BG it can get one-dimensional and they, they'll throw the ball when they have to, but their go-to is running the ball. Because what, they had, what, 66 rushing attempts in one game? Or one touch, uh, one pass. Uh, zero. Zero. Zero passes. So, 
I'm going to call. I think this is going to be an upset. Who's? Don't Dude, don't like. don't judge me. I'm trying. Uh, give, give me fly eagles fly. Give me the Clay Eagles being the Bobcats. It's gonna be a high scoring game though because Clay's defense still has too many question marks. 42-41. They blocked the field the extra point against BG. Mr. Game Day. Well, I think it's gonna be a death match for a while. Until, like, the fourth quarter when both teams are worn out, I think BG is still going to run away with it. Okay, okay. I'm going to say BG 35-21. to 21. All right, Scott? Yeah, I think Bowling Green has got the mojo. They finally got it turned around. I think their coaching staff has done a marvelous job. I do agree that Clay is an interesting team. This is an interesting game. The Cardinal division is an interesting one because there's a lot of teams you're familiar with, but the heavyweights in the state and the playoffs are up in that Buckeye division, but Bowling Green wins us by two touchdowns. All right. Captain. Love the identity that Bowling Green has, just running people over. They're going to stick to what they do. Clay's defense does give a lot of points. I'm interested to see if Clay will stay. Stay with it? Stay stay with it, but let's just stay in your gaps, basically, or be able gap to stay, defense. Be able to you gotta stay, you got to stay disciplined with all Bowling Green's misdirection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those I mean, are you sensing a little bit of a – we're talking about it, and we're going to move on here, but the physical in-your-face running, run the clock, control the yeah. game, control the line of scrimmage teams, I like them, yeah. I like them a lot, and, and I think this is a, a part yeah. of the, the portfolio of like – Creates yeah. into a mental game. Yeah, just when you're out physically. I mean, yep. we love the four and five wide. A lot of interest in basketball games on grass. I'm telling you, the more physical teams we've seen it in the NWAL, the more physical teams I think in the playoffs come out on come out yeah. on top. And you go deep and you know deep in the playoffs, it gets cold in Clemency in you terms of weather. From Clay's offense, they got a good chance to win this game. But I like Clay, big believer still. 36-24. All right. And Phil, what do you got for us, buddy? <clears throat> Just a couple things from BG's game last week. They had 22 points in the third quarter. Jackson Schaefer, 16 carries, 180 yards and three scores. Peyton Harris, 22 carries, 151 yards. Uh, Jason Shannon, <clears throat> 15 carries, 137 yards and two scores. Uh, so dominant rushing attack. Some stats for Clay. Mason Heinchel, 107 for 159 on the year for 1,192 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns, five picks. That's a 67.30% uh, percent completion percentage. He has been sacked 12 times. <clears throat> um, he's also the leading rusher, 52 carries for 245 yards. Uh, Hudson Byers, 20 catches for 228 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, pretty good offense there for Clay. Uh, just like Bowling Green's physicality, I had him winning 21 to 20. All right. All right. Got it. Based on block extra point or something, or <clears throat> go for two? Eh, I don't know. All right. Fair. Hey, it just real quick. His, his, da know. his dad was a pitcher at Michigan. He start, I played against him at Purdue. His He started at the Air Force Academy, went to Michigan. He's had a couple kids at quarterback. The Heinchel kid's the real deal. The problem is he's a one-dimensional guy. Like, the offense is all him. When he's not playing well, he's banged up. They don't run the ball well. Yep. So, I mean, he's going to have to have a big night to win that game. Absolutely. In the next game, we have the Fremont Ross Little Giants, 1-4, 0-3, traveling over to Napoleon, 1-4, 1-2. This is going to be interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Phil, throw the stats at me, buddy. Yeah, I don't have too much on Fremont Ross. They played a tough schedule, but 
I just think that they're missing a few pieces, and I, I do think Napoleon's going to be physical. Lawson Seibel has had a pretty good year. He's been getting a lot of carries over the last couple games. I think he had 32 weeks ago. He had 27 last week. Uh, just a team that likes to feed the ground game. And then you throw in Owen Espinoza, who can you know, kind of do some things in the air. He was 18 of 26 for 207 receptions, 116 yards, and two touchdowns, and held Springfield to just 165 total yards. So look for Napoleon physicality to be the difference in this game. I had them winning 21-17. I think Fremont Ross has some nice athletes, might get loose on a couple big plays. All right, Scott? Well, I mean, you watch Napoleon on film like we did against Liberty Center. They are enormous. They have skilled people. They have a good quarterback. They're pretty balanced. You know, they're at home. Do not underestimate, you know, the value of that first win. Now you're at home. Fremont's on the road. That's a big trip. I mean, this isn't the GLL days back when Fremont Ross was a monster. They're kind of pedestrian on offense, and the employee gets a win. This is another good game in this Cardinal division. There's three good games here. There's not three good games in that Buckeye division, but this Cardinal division, this Napoleon game, 28-20, I've got them beaten, getting their second win. All right. Mr. Game Day? Uh, I'm going to pick Napoleon. I feel like they've been gaining tread for, like, the past few weeks. I mean, in the beginning, it, it was kind of rocky, but then now They're I figuring feel like it out. They're yeah, figuring it out. they yep. finally put the pieces together. Uh, I'm picking Napoleon 28-13. Captain? Napoleon, you got to win the 50-50 games. You get, you got some winnable games coming up on your schedule. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. Uh, give me 35-14 Cats. Uh, I think the Fremont Ross scores a garbage time touchdown. Well, I think Scott made a good point in the previous conversation talking about how you wear you could be close close for a couple quarters yeah but i think eventually napoleon kind of wears wears fremont ross down a little bit obviously i think there's some numbers game too there i think napoleon has a lot of kids could get some depth there fremont ross maybe not as many i think that plays a big deal too absolutely so we get our last game of the nll in the cardinal division sylvania southfield two and three one and three finishing up their last their last off-week game late in the season which i never thought i'd say this at Scott, two and three. Where, where is Scott at? That is a give me a. Second. It's in a Toledo. It's a it's in a Toledo, Toledo school. area school. Yeah, school. it's just it's a. I'm not sure. Another one of those either. schools. I'm like Toledo. Lucas Scott. County. Scott Toledo uh. House, the Scott Bulldog. So speaking of Scott, Scott, what do you got for us? Well, I was trying to find a reason to pick Scott. In this. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of athletes all the time. They they can run. I mean, they're just athletic as all get out in the perimeter. But Southview just has played a tough schedule. They're and this is a big win for them. You know, I think Scott hasn't really put it together on offense. They struggle scoring the football. They played some heavyweights. So I think Southview gets some 24-12. All right, Captain? I'm going to go Southview 42-7. Mm. Stats guy. Uh, too much Isaac Sexton and the Southview Cougars. I think they roll 45-14. All right, Mr. Exclusive? Southview 35-6. All right, uh, too much offense. Southview hanged with Whitmer, who's absolutely amazing. Let's go one more. So... You're fired. And 35-28 was the score of that game last week. I told yeah. you all, man. Yeah. Southview is th th not they're bad. not bad, dude. I'm telling you. Give me Southview 42-7. Too much offense. Let me give uh, – I'm going to give you two since we went over two divisions of the NOL. 4-1 uh, Genoa at – Genoa! 
at two and, <laughs> at two and three at Seago. This is a must win for at Seago if they want to fight a good game. for their playoff if lives, they if they want to have a chance to really make some noise in Division Five. One of the games that could have helped them out last year getting into the playoffs as well. Five and zero oh, Colonel Crawford at three and two carry. This is kind of lightweight become this heavyweight division six rivalry between two schools that seem to just always find a way to play each other over the last couple of years. So I wrote them down. Could be really physical battles. I know Kerry and Colonel Crawford played, I believe last year last in the playoffs. Year, Colonel, Crawford Colonel Crawford beat them 35, seven on um, their own field, by the way, at so. their field. And then obviously Genoa and Otsego. I think I, I, I like covering Otsego. I think they have a, a, a better team than what their two and three record depicts. I do think they play a tough schedule as well. I think that has something to do with it. So uh, we'll see how they bounce bounce back here. Uh, you know, be at our Fostoria last week. Different animal with Genoa. Uh, the 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 Broncourse kid. Um, he's pretty special at quarterback. Uh, he's got good quarterback size for for a guy you want to lead your offense. So that could be a good game as well. I mean, I I, I like this non this off grid whatever you call conference. it. Phil skins the watch. Out of I like I like the fact Phil Noah is a good football team. Yeah, good player. This is a complete team, and I think the X factor here is Mike Vickers. He's the play caller, and he's he's one oh, of the most. Oh, he is back. He is one of yeah. the most successful, you know, regular season head coaches in Northwest Ohio. This Genoa team, when you watch them on film, which I did, I mean, this is a balanced team. They battled Archbold tooth and nail, and they've just went on a run. I think Genoa wins this game. <laughs> Going away, I think Otsego's struggling to figure out an offense. Uh, I like the comments here in a in a, in a big number. One <laughs> two, it's still there. Traveling over to the Ottawa Glandorf Titans, zero and five, zero and four. Um, Riley, mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you go, Cook. Oh yeah. I, well, obviously I'm picking Lama Bath. <laughs> yeah. I would have never yep. guessed. Adam, and they got it in the bag, thirty-four to thirteen. Week ten, and they went oh, went ten. <laughs> he wrote it until wrote this it, year. Wrote it. In I the had ground. A, but like Lyman Bath. Are they okay? You get the are they the wild cats? Wild yeah, kittens. Uh, wild cats. Wild cats. <laughs> okay, because I know softball. They're the wild kittens, and they played like the wild kittens <laughs> last year. Oh but yeah. They are four and one, right? They're they're four and one, mm -hmm. and that's good. Three but and I two. and I think they're three and two. Three and two. Are you sure Lyman Bath three and two? Okay. Positive. All right, I, I will take it. Three and two. That's coming off of an 0-10 season. So they've accomplished a lot. They're like the Deion Sanders. And they got the new coach, too, this year. They're the, the Colorado Deion Sanders version. I'm watching closely here. I mean, you get the marquee games, then you got the, like, contender-pretender games. One, one to me is Ayersville. The other is Lima Bath. And you guys have to realize their school colors are exactly the same. So if you watch light blue, yellow, the pilots, light blue. So, you know, the color schemes match mm -hmm. up. I'm taking line of the bath and a blowout. OG oh, a lot of schedule left, and we're going to find out about them, just like we're going to find out about Ayersville here in about a week and a half. All right, absolutely, Captain. You know what? You know what you want. You're right. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> do Actually, it. I, I should have said that to Phil. Do it. Well, we'll get the Phil. I'll do. I'll do it. All right, come on. Go Lima Bath, 31-14. OG just got to stick the basketball. Uh, <laughs> You've been taunting the basketball. I'm an OG, so here we go. What do you got, Philly? Look. He's going to do it. No, I, I want to go. go before Phil. All right, so okay. give me – well, yeah, because I want I want this to soak in to realize that Phil has to take Lyman Bath. Again. I don't have to do it. <laughs> he's not going to do it. He's going <laughs> to go against the grain. He can't resist to go be wrong. Anyways, uh, give me Lyman Bath. Mm -hmm. uh, give me uh. 35-14 Bath. Scrub-a-dub-dub -dub in the tub. It's – 
bath time. All right, so Phil, save the best for last. He's Cook! Going, he's going against the green. It's actually kind of uh, upsetting that I have to keep picking lima <laughs> bath. I don't, I, don't, I don't enjoy it at all, to be honest with you. No, I'm totally kidding. I don't, I don't um, either. I'm a... Uh, I love what's going on at Lima Bath right now. They're playing with a chip on their shoulders. Even some of the games they've lost, Van Wert, 35-35 at the half. You know, maybe a little bit too much Brylon Parker, as we know, mm -hmm. special kid. Um, I really like what they're doing. They have been playing more physical. They do have some nice pieces on the outside. I think they have a pretty solid quarterback receiver duo as well. Uh, Peyton Coleman, I like what he's done this year. He's had a pretty nice season. Uh, just – not all there for OG, 35-17. Lima Bath. Hey, real quick, Phil. Lima Bath, even though we kind of razz each other there, they they are the team that makes the WBL really good because it's deep. There's like – it's a five and six deep conference with Emily Lida playing really well. So we make fun of it a little bit. We have a little fun with Lima Bath, but mm -hmm. I think it makes the WBL a legit heavyweight top-to-bottom Absolutely. conference. Absolutely. So our next game, we got the Salina Bulldogs, 4-1-4 in Owen League play, hosting the Elida Bulldogs, 4-1-3-1. A lot of Bulldogs. So this game has very huge, huge, huge. one or two losses in league play in the WBL. Oh, and yes, so, Cade's, and uh, this adds to uh, Cade's yeah. argument that we could have a two, what, what are we going a with? Two a two-loss conference a champion. Two, a two-loss conference champion. So we're going to find out, Phil, um, how these Elida Bulldogs play because we remember last year they started off 4-0, red hot, and then once, once week five hit, it, just, it was just a down, roll, down way spiral of just bad football. Well, and their last five, Elida still has to play Defiance, Van Wert, and Wapakoneta, so they're, they're going to get a dose of, of what the gauntlet's like at the, towards the end of the season. I mm -hmm. like the way Elida's playing. The only thing that I <clears> – <throat> the biggest reason that I picked Salina is not only because they were at home, but Elida's had a tough time struggling against uh, – scoring points against yeah. teams that I thought they should have been able to score against 13 to nine against Shawnee um, mm -hmm. losing to Lima bath last week, Lima bath 20 uh, to 17. So maybe struggling to score some points against teams who have uh, uh, notoriously given up a lot of points this year. So I think that's where my nod kind of went to Salina. They are they are they are mean on defense. I mean, they are at, they are mean on defense. Ooh. Um they attack their their offense's best strength when they're on defense. They do a really nice job of it. I, we saw that against Van Wert 17-14, uh, 21 because these are the kind of games that crazy stuff can happen. I think Elida might get a touchdown that way, mm -hmm. but I think in the end of the day the Salina, the green and white dogs prevail. All right. dogs. Scott I think Salina is better than what everybody says they are. I think they might just end up being the class of the WBL. There's a reason why they're number 13 in the AP poll, 16 in max preps. I think top six or seven in the computer points. They are rising. They are very tough on defense. As it's a four, five, six kind of game where they finish at the end of the year. Salina is really good on defense. Elida struggles to score at times, as we saw against Shawnee, 28-8. And I think Salina is the real deal in this league. Absolutely. Mr. Game Day. I'm going to pick Salina. All right. 28 to 13. 28 to 13. Captain. Salina's defense. Very, very dangerous. Elida does struggle to score. Salina is going to be able to shut down the run game. So the question for Elida is can they throw the ball consistently? And so far, I haven't seen it. So I'm going to go Salina 31 14. All right. I like, I like saying defense wins championships. Salina all the way. 
Give me a 28-7 win. They shut down Elijah's offense. Next, we got the Defiant Bulldogs traveling over to Kenton. Ooh, two and another three. Bulldog. The Kenton Wild Wildcats. Two and three, two and two against the Bulldogs of four and one, three and one. So at this moment, Defiance can, uh, is is still playing behind in the league standings. They got to win out at this point. So playing survival mode and given what Travis Cooper is doing over with Defiance and that turning around this program because. Obviously, the last five years, Defiance has been yeah, not nothing, very, nothing not but a laughing stock. Out, out of nowhere, they beat Napoleon. They beat Wapaw, the defending WBL champions, and were until the very end. Give me the dogs. Oh. <laughs> uh, give me – I think dogs run away with this one 42 42- – Mm, 42-14 dogs. Scott. Yeah, this is Travis Cooper, turnaround specialist. They've given Defiance an edge. They run the football. He's a risk taker. He needs to be this kind of coach in this league as deep as it is. He's done a great job. Kenton is no, is no match for Defiance. Yeah, Defiance is another reason why this league is just really bad, bad dudes at the top of this conference, and they're one of them. All right. Captain. Defiance, 36-14. And Mr. Game Day? <laughs> no. One point off. <laughs> Defiance 35-14. Wait a minute. Go up I just one re- more. I just <laughs> forgot. Defiance, they only go for two. That doesn't matter. If they get one and then don't get one, then that's yeah. still the same thing. Fair point. All right, Phil. Well, I think uh, I think I'm with you guys. I think Defiance, obviously the better team here. Um, I think it could be sloppy in the first half. Defiance on the road. A little bit, little bit of a bus ride there to Kenton. Uh, so maybe a sloppy first back for Kenton. I think he's a really special athlete. Uh, he can a little bit of run, a little bit of pass, uh, gets athletic, and uh, he, he he can get outside the pocket and extend plays. So I like what he offers there. Just just too much uh, defiance in this one. 35-20 dogs. All right. Dogs. Our next game, the 1-4, one 1-3 and one and St. Mary's Memorial. The Rough Riders. Ho- hosting Van Wert Cougar Nation. Three and two, two and two, uh, and shout out to the Van Wert student section for an intro. We we will use that eventually. Yeah, we, and we do sh- apologize for that. And uh, shout out to uh, I already did. Shout out to the AD as well. Oh. Um, very classy guy with us. Uh, we got to the gate there. Uh, we were able to give him a call. Gave us the direction about where to go into. Uh, very very classy guy. They were really really cool down there unbelievable stadium if you've never gone down there egger stadium it's really cool uh this could be the last year with the kind of coliseum feel to it so definitely go check it out it'll it's worth your time brand new turf on uh, down there as well it was it was really really cool so they're class acts down there absolutely but i do we do apologize to the van word student section that's all right we'll we'll get it back we'll use it we'll use it at some point but um i'll I'll just go ahead and start uh van word Shocked a little bit last week, I think. You know, senior night at home. Uh, Wapak really came in there and, and, and really took it to him. Uh, Van Wert was able to score on the opening drive, kind of drove it down the field, but that was kind of the end of their offensive night, really. Brylon Parker, 10 of 20, 117 yards, three interceptions, 14 carries, 19 yards, and two scores. Connor Campbell, six receptions, 88 yards. Uh, too much Wapak. Uh, they just really shut down what Van Wert wanted to do, and that's what's going to be the difference between going forward with Van Wert as well. But uh, too much Van Wert, 42-21. St. Mary's just just struggling right now. Uh, uh, you know they could control the line of scrimmage there a little bit, but we'll see what we'll see what happens there. I like Van Wert in this game. All right, Captain. 
Too much fan word offense, not enough St. Mary offense, 41-14. Scott. Rich tradition, wonderful history at St. Mary's, just not – no juice this season. Van Wert is – you know, they've played in some wars, and they're equipped to win a WBL championship even though they've taken, they've taken some water on. They're, they're still a very good football team, and this is an easy win for them. All right. Uh, I'm picking Van Wert. They're such a juggernaut of a team. I'm about to go with them, 41-13. All right. And the great, even though they're not the Broncos, but I'm going to quote Russell Wilson here, Cougar Nation, let's ride. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I wanted to. I that really didn't voice. work, though, for Russell and with Denver. That, yeah. was, a, that was a tough quote hey, this there, is, Marco. This, this, hey, this is, this is a, this just saying Van Wert's better than Russell Wilson. Because when Russell said that, they didn't ride anywhere. That was a disaster. <laughs> it's been well, a disaster since. Well, remember, they're 0-2 well, this year. Well, remember, I mean, their coach, remember their coaches that they have. Anyways, no. Wert, mm. all the way, 35-7. If, if, I'm, if I'm somehow The Wapak Redskins, 3-2, three 3-1, and two, three and one, staying alive in WBO play. At Shawnee. 0-5, 0-4. Um, this is a massacre. Cue my music. Oh! <laughs> The Apache roll. Redskins, I'm saying. The Apache roll is oh. – I don't know what you call that. That's what I call I thought, it, the Apache I roll. I, I thought it was the Seminole Tamahawk Chop. See, everybody has a different name for it. <laughs> Who knows? I, let's go with Tamahawk Chop. Uh, Wapak, too much. Uh, this is going to be obliteration. 56-0. Wapak. Scott. Yeah, 40 to nothing. And this one, this will be a walk. We'll start with – we'll see the clock running early in this one just – the top of this conference, all the way through the middle. I mean, Lima Bath, Salina, Defiance, Van Wert, and Wapakoneta. I mean, that is just a lot of meat. That's a great conference. And, I mean, it's not the MAC necessarily pound for pound. But this year, this conference, with even Elida trying to get up in that four, five, six level, it's a good conference, man. A lot of good games in this conference ready to play in the second half of the season. All right. Captain. Wapak, 40 nothing. Phil. Yeah, I think the uh, it's pretty unanimous. I think uh, Wapak's going to win this game. I do want to give a couple of stats, though, from their game last week. Caleb Moyer, oh, where is it at here? 15 of 17, 256 yards and three scores. Uh, he had a 25-yard touchdown pass and a 27-yard touchdown pass, both to his favorite target on the night. Uh, sophomore Caden Page, 10 catches for 185 yards and three scores. He was just unguardable. Uh, not to mention they had a Bryson Pack interception right before the first half, about a minute and 30 seconds left to go in the first half on a tipped pass. Very next play, Moyer to Page, uh, and that was kind of the knockout punch there going up 28-6 to go into the half. Wapak's the real deal, man. They're good. They fly around defensively, <clears throat> and they have a lot of special talent on offense. 48-zip Wapak. Uh, uh, we also have interviews with Coach Moyer and some of those kids. Um, we have a special announcement that we'll make after the episode is over, and then we'll tell you how you can listen to those for that. Yeah, usually we do the interviews on our recap. But, <clears> but I suck. Earlier. Yeah, we know. Thanks. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but we had tech problems uh, on uh, Sunday, so we weren't able to do that. But we will post them uh, later today, tonight or tomorrow. And Mr. Game Day. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those games where Wapa just tries some things out. And then once they get enough points, they'll throw in the JV and then freshman by the end of the game. I'm going to say Wapa 45 to 6. All right. 
Phil, do we got any more outside games? Oh, you know I do. I'll save uh, – <laughs> I got one more that I'll go when we're done, but then uh, we'll go with two and three Port Clinton at three and two here on. Both these teams kind of struggling a little bit right now, uh, getting into meat of some of their uh, schedule where they can get some big wins to kind of help their playoff runs. We saw here on Port Clinton last year kind of trying to battle for some playoff spots. Playoffs? Ended up seeing Port Clinton in the playoffs, obviously. This could be an interesting game. Both these teams really need a big win, so uh, that's why I kind of wrote this one down. Could could be interesting. Our good friend Scott Vera has some connections over there, don't you? Just, yeah, I mean, we, we know some Port Clinton and Huron people. It's This is a little bit of a rivalry game for them, so these games are very interesting between the two communities Huron's had the upper hand Port Clinton came here last year we took care of business in week one in the playoffs that's a very interesting game if you live there because I, I don't know that people are paying a lot of attention Phil I like that game I'm here on wins that game in my opinion but there's there's a lot of dislike between the two communities all right so we head on over to the NWAL the Archibald Streaks of Blue four and one one and one hosts and it's going to strike down that Boat of Evergreen on fire, and I don't think Vikings know how to take fire out. So give me the streaks of blue. Unless they go berserk. <laughs> Unless they go berserk. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> give me a 45-7 win streaks of blue. Scott? 44-6 Archbold. Just keep tabs on the Archbold blue streaks. Keep tabs on how they beat people and, and how they respond to that. I mean, they, yeah. took, they took a physicality beat down against Liberty that, Center. Yeah. Um, whether you like it or not, that's what that was. And let's watch how they respond. This is a response game. Big win for Archibald. Cade? Archibald, 47-14. That's your game day. Well, I, I had the same thing what Scott was saying where uh, after the Liberty Center game, I feel like they're going to have no mercy right. anymore. Nothing. I feel like they don't. They're just going to blow every team now. I feel like 56-0 Archibald. Yeah. Ooh. <coughs> They're not even going to take em. their varsity Watch them. They just – They're boiling over there. Yeah. Stats guy. You know, I think Archibald has uh, – not that they're looking past teams because I don't, I don't like to say that, uh, but I think they have their head hunt for a team that's in Henry County as well, another team in Henry County. Oh, yeah. Um, like, that yeah. they're going to have to show some things too because uh, – you know, there's definitely still, you know, Archibald's not out of this by any means. You know, Liberty Center still has to play Patrick Henry, still has to finish out the year with Wasion, who's sitting at 4-4-1 four, four and one to another league. Their only loss coming to a really good Division Four Bellevue team. So um, with how things sit right now, I think Scott makes a great point. Definitely keep an eye on that Blue Streak team. Uh, they're going to be riding high with some some chip on their shoulder big win last week over delta maybe you thought there might be a little bit of a hangover they said no way no sir coach dominic wasn't going to have that very good coach over there got those guys ready to play took care of business against delta i expect the very same thing here i had 47 nothing evergreen could get a score uh last week evergreen kind of went with a, a two-quarterback set, um, Bryce Bulger was 5 of 14 for 60 yards, and then they brought in Brendan Holman, who was 9 of 19 for 81 yards. Um, make anything count? Third, uh, three of 12 on third down against the Indian defense. Ooh, so Colton Robertson, four receptions for, for 55 yards. Max, Max Mossing, nine carries for 30 yards. So uh, Wasion has some nice pieces on defense as well. So we'll see with that. Um, but I like uh, Archibald in this game big time. All right. I want, if I may, I don't mean to interrupt. I Go think ahead. this is this is a – there are games you talk about and there are games you watch. Ever, this Evergreen game is not going to be going. But to your point, Phil, this is a three-team league. 
all, all due respect to Wasion, they're in the same boat as Lima Bath, and they're in the same boat as Ayersville. I want to see a lot more from Wasion before I put them up in that upper echelon. But I, I just think a couple of years ago, Liberty went to Archbolt and just got completely throttled. Yep. yep. But then what happened in the playoffs? And I just feel like, I mean, and I don't mean to look ahead of playoffs and we're all going to play these games and we all got to play PH and all that stuff, but just just watch the way Archbold responded to that early beatdown they took. I think Archbold's a very good football team. So, And Liberty Center's won 20 consecutive regular season games since that 41-7 to beatdown at Archbold. And it was, I mean, that, was a, that was a beatdown like you haven't seen. We scored the first drive of the game and never, never crossed the 50 uh, after that. was that, a bad so. dude beatdown by Archbold. And our response was we went on a tear and got them in the playoffs. So, guys, I, we're not looking ahead here, but I just think Archbold, circle, circle that team. They're very good. Great point. Absolutely. Next game, we got the Delta Panthers, 2-3, and 0-2 oh at Swanton. 0-5, oh 0-2, oh two teams looking for their first league win. There's Swanton, they're still building. It, they're, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Got some injuries too, so. Uh, and just just a mess over there. Panthers all the way. Uh, 35-7. Phil. I had 45-6 Delta. Too much Justin Rupel in uh, the Delta rushing attack. They're probably going to rack up 300, 350 yards rushing. And uh, they do a nice job controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, they are physical, maybe not as physical as some of the top echelon teams with the NWAL, but Delta does like to try to control the clock with that type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll do some similar things here against Swan. I had 45-6 Panthers. All right, Scott. You know, this is a Delta win. This is a rivalry game. That whole evergreen Delta Swanton like triangle I've been over there, and I've seen it some of the younger boys and different things going on with the families and the Hansbarger days and, and you know, the Eitners. Vickers. I mean, there's a, Vickers, there's a lot going on in these games. Again, not for you and me because you're at Tenor on Liberty Center and we're watching our teams, but up there, a little like Port Clinton Huron, there's a lot yep. of juice in some of these games. Swanton thinks they can win this game because Delta it is not an explosive offense, and I think Eric Keller is doing the right thing at Swanton fundamentally sound block and tackle he's doing the best Swanton isn't as bad as you think they are all right captain we'll go Delta with a 36 nothing win Ooh. Ooh, he just kind of stomped out my my fire right there. <laughs> yeah. he just kind of took my he took my analysis and like lit it on fire right in front of me like, bad, bad timing bad timing it's like we should have went somebody else yeah. after yeah. Right. And, yikes and Riley, what do you, Riley, what do you got buddy <laughs> Delta thirty-five to fourteen. Gee, yeah, still I, one point off again. <laughs> you can't. Oh, well, I'm mean, like, you really can't blame Scott. Like Swain, they, like they hadn't been really good for a very long time, but it takes time to rebuild a program. And given that Swain's kind of in the heart of those others of the private schools that like that are allowed to recruit, they get poached. Them, they get poached they a get, lot. Yeah, and they just lose talent of kids going to those private schools. But if you look at Eric Keller as a head coach, he played for Dave Hansbarger. Hansbarger was an absolute Hall of Fame legend. No one played tougher than Swan. I know that's been a long time ago, but not really. Mike Vickers went over there and did some 15. things. Fifteen. So yep, let's 15. just let's just. Better I understand. Oaks. I understand. Swanton is is struggling, but there's a football coach with 47 kids on the roster, a big junior class. They're big up front. I think Delta wins, but I, I just think there's a lot more juice in this game. You think? All right. Our next game. Our that's a hot take. Hot takes with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and we get our third to last game of our coverage of the night. The Patrick Henry Patriots, 5-0, 2-0, traveling over to uh, Harmon Field. The Wasion Indians, 4-1, 2-0. Somebody's going to lose, and this is going to be one 
sucker uh, of, a, of a game. I think this is going to be a really good game. The one thing is, I've been saying it since week one. Belgium. Do not underestimate the mind destroy you <laughs> if you underestimate him. Marco, that is not a hot take, bro. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to be the... He's he's a monster. It's just he it's just, is Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> he is Rex Lingren 2.0, man. I mean, come is, on, brother. It's not, it's not but no one take. sees I'm, him coming. <laughs> just, Bigfoot, you get it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Coach. <laughs> so, give me the Patriots traveling over to Harmon Field. Um, give me a 42-35 and a barn burner. Scott, fire away. I, I love that. I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I, I've been saying this the entire night, but I, Ayersville, Lima Bath, Wasion. <laughs> yeah. those, those are the you know, we, we marquee games. Liberty Center's playing. Here comes Defiance. Come on, guys. The ga- these games are the meat of the schedule, and you get to learn a lot about these teams. I think Wasion feels good about themselves, but I think Patrick Henry is the real deal i think they're going to take them apart and really handle them at 40 to 21 i don't know that this game is close and i think wasian fades and patrick henry continues to rise all right captain for wasian there's a chance to prove that you're not a pretender it it's is just, you gotta yes. go out and make a statement maybe you're at if, home you're at home Harmon field beautiful field maybe if you're wasian if you win the coin toss you take the ball try to set try to do try something to set the tone set the tone Maybe. I don't know. I like Patrick Henry, a 42-21 win. All right. Mr. Game Day. I feel like Patrick Henry is going to be – is going to run – Rampant? Well, yeah, Wasion into the ground. They're going to tire them out by the end. Patrick Henry, 42-28. to Stats guy. Uh, you know, last week, Wasion was 4-15 on third down against Evergreen. Uh, you know, and that's not impressive as far as third down numbers go. Trey you're Parsons. Gonna, you're not going to win many games – with that scores uh ryan friend 23 carries for 30 yards how many carries 23 so wasion struggling to find a running game um tyson rodriguez uh six receptions 148 yards and three scores so uh the difference to me is the line of scrimmage um, I think the Patrick Henry defensive line is a good defensive player by the name of Grant Smith, who has 37 tackles, five tackles for loss, and 10 sacks on the year. Oh, yeah. um, they have a pretty solid uh, D line. Then you look at the offensive side, Nash Meyer, 76 of 102 for, for 1,225 yards, 11 scores, 26 catches, 482 yards, and five scores. And then the difference in the ball game for me, the rushing attack for Patrick Henry, Houston Miranda, 102 carries for 700. 161 yards and 10 scores, which is about 7.5 yards per carry. Um, that's the difference this year between this Patrick Henry team and last year. Uh, way more passing attempts at this time of the year for Nash Meyer. He almost knew when he was gonna when he was gonna throw it, whether it was first down, second down, it didn't matter. Now you add Houston Miranda and the rushing attack from Patrick Henry. Got tested last week with their depth a little bit. Brian really tested them going up and down the field, being able to score points. Not sure if Wasion's gonna have the same with the lack of running game that Brian was able to have, which I think opened up some things in the passing game. I like Patrick Henry in this game probably by three scores uh, just because I think at the end of the game, Nash Meyer, best quarterback in the NWAL, in my opinion, I think he's the difference uh, along with Houston Miranda and their running game. I'm going to have to go 35-14 Patrick Henry. I think that's all good, but Chase Kepler, in my view, is the best dual threat quarterback in the NWAL. There's a little – there's a little – plan in that Brian game and that's what Wasion does 
You know, Wasian likes to throw the football, like to spread it out a little bit. And Patrick Henry really struggled on the perimeter oh, yeah. where, where they're really good in the box and really good up front the line of scrimmage, like you said, and they're really balanced too. There's, I am sure Wasian broke every snap of that Brian film down and said, we can do this too. We can do this. Now, Brian is loaded at the skill positions. Mm-hmm. I still think Patrick, I think Patrick Henry makes the jump, though, this week and shuts Wasian down. Absolutely. So we get to the Enzo Militia game of the week. The Anthony Wayne Generals, 4-1, 3-0 in league play, traveling over to a new foe of theirs, Whitmer, 3-2, 3-0 in conference play. So somebody is going to lose, and someone's going to sit in the dri- partially sit in the driver's seat for the NLL title of mm. the Buckeye division. So, Phil, I'd like you to throw some stats at me. Well, I, I like, uh, you know, I think Scott mentioned at the very beginning of the program, uh, when you talk about the skill position players that Anthony Wayne has, I think Grant Kinney is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's dual threat and can kind of do a little bit of everything. So if Whitmer is overly aggressive, he's going to catch you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, they're running back also. Uh, very, very good. Very good piece there. Um, I'm taking tradition over Division One players here. So I'm going to okay. take Anthony Wayne, 27-21. Whitmer's good. Whitmer's good. Don't okay. don't kid yourself, fellas. Absolutely. Whitmer's a great football team. But Anthony Wayne has a little bit more tradition as of late. Whitmer is a good team, again. Division one talent. Brady Ford, great quarterback as well. You know, Grant Kinney against Brady Ford. That's a hell of a matchup, boys. I love it a lot. Uh, I just think Anthony Wayne might be one click better. However, as far as schedules... Whitmer has had a tougher schedule. I think that could come into play, too. I went Anthony Wayne 27-21. Would not be shocked to see Whitmer win this game at home, though. I just went with tradition. All right. Scott. Well, I think Anthony Wayne is just loaded to the gills with offensive players. They're really difficult to defend inside and out. They run it effectively. They're really good up front. We're not talking about how good they are up front. You watch them on film. They really can block. They move people. They get movement on the line of scrimmage. I can't quite decide when I look at this Buckeye division. Is oh. Finley better than Whitmer? Is Perrysburg better than Anthony Wayne? That's a great-looking co- I mean, division in that conference. I still think that Whitmer, they lack a few weapons. they got a great quarterback. I'm not sure how well they run the football. Anthony Wayne wins this game, in my mind, 31-21. But the bigger story here is, does Whitmer finish fourth behind Finley and Perrysburg? And is, can Anthony, is Anthony Wayne of championship uh, quality? This game will tell you a lot about that. Absolutely. Cade? Love Anthony Wayne's defense. They're going to be solid. They're going to be prepared. I never bet against Andy Brungard very often. So I'm going to go AW 28-21. All right. Mr. Game Day. I feel like it's going to be a fairly close game. Uh, I'm going to say AW 45-35, but they're going to get – AW is going to get ahead by a score, and then they're going to kick a field goal to seal the deal. All right. Uh, for me, I I agree with all you guys. Uh, it's gonna this game is gonna be close. I won't be surprised if Whitmer wins this. Won't be surprised if it could be a won't be surprised if AEW wins this. But I like Anthony Wayne. Give me a 35-30 win for the Generals. Ooh. I just want to mention one point oh, too. I, I think that Anthony Wayne has a leg up on a few on on I'm a, on a majority of these teams. Their defense is awesome. Not, not, not even because of that. I'm going to tell you why. Injuries last year for Anthony Wayne just piled and piled and piled and piled. And they had to have next man up, next man up. 
So some of these guys are playing with more experience than what they typically would have been playing with last if they didn't get that time last year with those injuries. So I think Anthony Wayne has done a really nice job using some of those injuries. Maybe didn't have the year they wanted to have last year, didn't end the way they wanted to. You lose your quarterback in a playoff game and you kind of got to, you know, that sucks. But I think they're a little bit better, worse for the wear because of it. And I think that's why they're, they're where they are right now. Absolutely. So we get to our last game. Oh, let me get my last outside game before we do that. Far away. Um, this one was my favorite one that I checked out only because the rushing attack for Versailles has been so dominant over the first five weeks. New Bremen was the first team that scored any points on them, and that was in week four. They travel over to 5-0, and number one team in Division Seven, number 12 team in all of Alabama <laughs> of Ohio football, Marion local. Uh, that You know, Versailles, uh, the only team to beat Salina, I believe. I had Salina winning, but I think it was like 21, 28, nothing it maybe. A um, it was a 26, nothing win in Versailles' so, favor. So, this is an interesting game. Obviously, I think I think Marion Local is going to win. I think that they're just their next level over anybody that we talk about. Um, but I love this matchup. I think if Versailles maybe is able to control the clock and keep this high potent Marion Local offense off the field, Marion Local did lose a lot of pieces on defense last year. Have a lot still, but did lose their best tackler on defense last year. If keep it away from Marion Local could be interesting. I believe, Flyers win though. I, I think Marion Local is. On a 32-game winning streak, including playoffs, it's very possible because they Somewhere were 16 and 0 last year, and they and were undefeated uh, the year before that, and too. they were undefeated the year before that That's too. 32. So yeah, 32. So they're on a 32-game win streak. Uh, Can't imagine playoffs. they lo when they lose. Oh, oh, oh Lord, That's so, gonna be bad. Wow. I, you know, and like I said, you know, tradition. Speaking obviously, Mary streaks, local traditionally good. So speaking of streaks, is Kirtland's streak still going, or we don't know? Kirtland and uh, yes, and Kirtland's right there. Kirtland's right there as well. Um, I think they're Division Six. They're D six. I think they're I number four, number three in the uh, the second state poll. But yeah, man, Kirtland's special too. So yeah. So we get to our last game of the of the show. The Brian Golden Bears are known as the Bears are also known as the Spoiler Bears. Three and two, one and one, traveling over the black hole, the Liberty Center Tigers, five and oh, two and oh. So, Phil, I know you get the stats, but we're going to go to our broadcaster over here, Scott. Well, we've done a little bit of work on Brian. They're the best offensive team I think we'll see all year long, even better than Archibald. Straight up. Raw firepower on offense. Brian is loaded. Experience on the perimeter, size, athleticism. I think Sam Harold might be the best running back in the league. Now, I don't know that he is. We've got a couple dudes that are pretty bad in the <laughs> Twins. I mean, those guys, I mean, Colton Trips. and Trenton are legit. But Sam Harold is legitimate. And Sam Harold, by the way, and you guys probably know this, is a converted wide receiver. He yep. catches the ball yes. out of the backfield as well as in that those matchups for linebackers. Sam Harold's a problem. Jace Kepler, in my view, I'm not right or wrong. This is my opinion on film. Uh, tools and skills, throwing the football league. Um, and I think he threatens a lot of the field with his legs as well. Last week, Patrick Henry had no answer for Sam and Jace Kepler. So, I think where they really fall down here is is the, the physicality up front. Yep. You know, we were excited for this matchup last year. We all went to Brian. We're ready to go. Got our lunches packed. This is going to be bad dude football. And Matt Orr just sliced and diced them. I've never seen blocking like that. I don't think that he was touched on those 0-1 traps. 
That was four or five powers. I mean, he had five rushes for 259,312 yards. Four scores. I mean, that was just <laughs> ridiculous. And the best part about that game was the downfield blocking from our offensive line. Yep. That's when we really started to go. We were always good, but that game – was just that block. when T-Lay was like yes. all the way down in yes. the end zone. That, that yes. run from Zane Zeider got called back, but yes, yeah. it was, it was I mean, phenomenal. T-Lay, but you can go down the line of scrimmage. We had guys <laughs> downfield, 40 yards downfield, just pushing guys around. Just, so. out, just out of curiosity, why is it always Bryant at Bryant and you see one of our blockers and you see a Bryant Golden Bears guy's feet in the air every freaking time? Well, they're just why not – they're just not – I mean, and again, I mean – they're just not physical. I mean, they're just, and I like what Grant Redhead has done. I mean, he is 41 and 46. He started three and 17. Rex Lindgren and 85 80, and 86. He started 0 and 10. Three, three and 17. I played on those teams. So I think Grant Redhead's got something going, and this, these kids are getting better all the time. Last week was a great. They were right, right there, there against the best team in Division Seven and arguably pound for pound one of the top teams in the state of Ohio. So. Brian is going to bring as much creativity and offense as you're going to see all year long. Liberty Center, though, will get the shovel out at this game, but it's going to be a very entertaining game. You're going to see a lot of cool offense. Liberty 47, Brian 20. All right, Captain. Take it from Scott himself, the Liberty Center expert. <laughs> he, is, he is the expert. And the, other on, on other random schools. Other random schools. I like it. I've learned a lot in this podcast session for sure. <laughs> yep, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go LC 35-14. All right, stats guy. Uh, just a couple of things from last week's game. Uh, LC forced you know five turnovers against Swan. They really did. They really did a nice job. They had a couple up uh, a pick six. Uh, Landon Bockelman with an interception as well. Uh, yep. They <laughs> had 15 different ball carriers. Not a whole lot of off Landon Amstutz, two carries, 17 yards, two scores. Was also three of three for 72 yards and two touchdowns, both to Landon Cruz. Uh, Thomas Moeller, excuse me, Thomas Moeller was the leading ball carrier for the Tigers. Seven carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Baxter Barrett, the incoming freshman, uh, who's going to have some skills as well. Uh, two carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. I'm actually going to give him a half a touchdown, and I'm going to give Garrison <laughs> Cruz the other half because he picked him up and kind of helped him uh, go in there. But you know what? That's what buddies and teammates do, and and uh, that was that was really good. As a, as a guy that's coached those kids the last two years, that was pretty awesome to uh, – to, to witness uh unfortunately i had to watch it in the film but you know uh we were down at van Wert last Cougar week but Nation. that was really really cool to see uh love those kids man so it was awesome but uh you know i i just think uh i think scott really nailed it on the head with most of his points i think the physicality here really is the big deal um the question mark for me with Del with uh, Brian's offense, yes, Sam, uh, Sam Harold is the real deal. He talks about his reception ability. We've seen a couple games where he's had three catches, but he's had 80-some yards. Nightmare matchup for linebackers as you speak. That's the nice thing about some of the speedy guys that the Tigers have on their linebacker core, maybe able to run with him a little bit better. Uh, very we saw it against Archibald, maybe one of the best open field tackling games I've seen in a long time. You didn't see a lot of missed tackles from the Liberty defense. They wrap up well. Uh, just a lot of guys that get some time as well. That's the difference in the game for me. And then the, he's going to be great. You know, Sam Harold's going to be great. The couple of receivers they have, Drew Hahn, big game last week against Patrick Henry, the dominant kid on the outside as well, who's a stud pitcher for Brian. A lot of athletes, as Scott said, how does their wide receiver blocking on our physical DBs and safeties 
come into play with this game. That is the big deal for me because when Sam and Jace break contain, you have to be able to block downfield and hold a block. And as a wide receiver, it's tough, man, especially with kids that hit. The and, position. And, and, and Coach Moeller I, I maybe said the greatest thing in an interview I've ever heard in my entire life talking about Liberty Center football is that he has 11 kids on the field that are just going out there to hit and the game of football just happens to be going on around them. I think that is the a beautiful description of what Liberty Center defense is all about. You're going to get a dose of that. I had 49-21 Liberty Center. Brian does have some skills offensively. They're going to get behind maybe. Maybe Chase rolls out. DB comes up to defend the run because he does have that yep. ability yep. behind the defense. Maybe you'll see that. But in the long run, Liberty Center too dominant up front. I, I, I need to one, make one more comment because I want to hear you. But what, there's one thing that concerns me is Cam Colley is a better player in the league right now than Cam Colley. Pick sixes, returning punts for touchdowns. I mean, kickoffs. I mean, the guy's been electric. Mm-hmm. We need our best defensive backs in this game to, def- you know, I think watch, watch Colton Chambers match up. I think Colton Chambers is, a, is an X factor in those sniper positions and some of those underneath and flat cover routes that I think they could really hit us with. Absolutely. Mr. Game Day. Uh, this game is uh, definitely going to be uh, – oh, what was I going to say? Oh, one game I feel like our defensive line is just so aggressive and collapses the line, gets downfield, reads the guards for him to even throw the ball. So if they're well, able really to keep to, contained – it's really I feel hard like to Brian figure out where Baki's gonna line up because they put him all over the place. They put yeah, him they, at, they put him at end on the left on the left side. They put him in the right end position. They put him at nose at random times. I you just had I think I think they had to yeah, they have to locate Bachelman. If they don't locate Bachelman, it's gonna be a that man's gonna be in the backfield within a few yeah, but within a snap of a finger. If they have to allocate more people to Bachelman, Navarre's gonna have an easier time getting to the quarterback yeah. then. So and this well, is this is why I feel like our defense is Special this year. Because well, when you don't see Bachelman in front of you, you get 6'2", 260-pound sophomore Hunter Spangler in front yeah, of you, and I'm sure that's too. exciting too. Can, so During the Swanton game, I saw him read a guard so well. He dra- like he <laughs> As soon behind. as he saw the guard pulled, he's literally lunging down the line, uh, tripping up the, the running back. I'm like, I've ne- I would never expect it from Hunter Spangler. <laughs> mean and physical, but you know what? An under, uh, I think an undervalued yeah. thing for our deep smart we are very smart football players. I, I'm not sure that Xander Zyder is not the Dude, best defensive lineman in the year. I mean, I, of course, you've got Seth Navarre, who's an animal, and you've got Bachelman, who's the best player in the area. You know, in he every cleans position. up the garbage. But I think Hunter Spangler, as Phil said, like you're talking about, uh, Noah Jensen, uh, you, you, there's a lot of players. So but depth. I don't know that Xander Zyder, for what his expectation level was, he has been Phenomenal. I would just finish my whole Liberty Center rant on by saying one of my most famous and favorite Mike Tyson quotes really applies to this game. Okay. Everybody has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. And I think that's what's going to happen to Brian at the end of the day. It's going to look pretty awesome. A little like the 4th of July. Ooh, ah, ooh. And all of a sudden, you look at the scoreboard, and there's going to be a lot of blood flowing. Oh, yeah. Liberty Center is going to really get him in the trenches and punch him right in the mouth. All right. Score prediction game day? Uh, I said uh, 45 to 14. 45 14? Because right. they always somehow eventually get 14 on us. <laughs> All right. So, I feel, yeah. for me, it's good. No, not yet. Um, <laughs> not yet. I, not, I have yeah, but you can't tell me either. Like, it's I just have, got to happen naturally. I know. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, for me, just based on history, 
uh, I'm scared of Brian a little bit. Just That's a little. why they're called spoiler bears. Just a little no. bit. Just because the last time we had them for homecoming, they beat us. That's yeah. what, but I don't think Tigers. So I'm going to copy the Weaver score there, buddy. Dang. Yep. Just straight so, up, just straight up jacked him of a score like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I copyright. I, I, I didn't copyright claim it. So. You know, you didn't copyright. Claim <laughs> no, Pat. So. I did not patentize that. Nope. Yeah. nope. So, but this, but I truly, we're going to find out uh, our true, this is going to be a true test for our DB. It's based against um, Archibald's speed and the, and the receiving. Brian. Thank you. <laughs> You'll fired. get it. It's all right. All right. So it's on to everyone's favorite part of the show. The Militia Five with Scott Barrett. So, Scott, give me number five. Uh, first of all, I want to make sure I get this to Phil before we get up. Versailles winning that game this week. Versailles going to win that game. <laughs> Put that all down. Right, That's not right. a hot take. I'm right right down. Down. Write it down. down. He's got it. He's got it in pencil. Our first write down. Right. Number five. The four and one, four and zero, oh, number thirteen in the AP poll, sixteen in Max Preps, Salina Bulldogs. Okay. There are some pretenders. There are some contenders. Salina to me is the real deal. All right, number four. I've been battling all day on this one. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Antwerp Archers, five and zero, oh, Division Seven, number seven in the AP, six in Max Preps, number two in Region uh, Twenty Six. They are rolling. This is not a, a, a one-year deal, man. This program has finally gotten on track. Last year was a big year. This looks very routine uh, for, for Antwerp. All right, number three. Number three is the Anthony Wayne Generals, another team that I think is the class of Northwest Ohio in that four and five top teams. Number two in Mac, 22 in Max Preps, number two in the Toledo Blade Pole. That matters to me. Number three in the region, in region six, the best trio of offensive players in the entire region of Northwest Ohio and I would challenge find me three better players in the state of Ohio Anthony Wayne is loaded on offense all right number two it's the Patrick Henry Patriots 5-0 they are legitimate turn on the film they move people they've got a genius as their head coach they've got a chip they're playing with a chip that's that's different than being good. You can be good and you can win games and you can be play, you can be playing with a chip and playing with an edge and just run teams over. Patrick Henry right now is a legitimate threat to go the distance in Division Seven. Number one in the small school blade pole again. You talk about the blade pole. What's that mean? I don't know. A bunch of dudes <laughs> contribute to that. that no football. I like number one small school team in Northwest Ohio. Bunch Patrick Henry. All right. So give it to me. Number one. You know, the number one team, and, in, 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 you know, I mean, obviously I'm very biased, but I think this is straight up Liberty Center, 5-0, and oh, number three in the region, D5, number three in AP, you know, number three in Max Preps, number two in the Toledo Bull, uh, uh, Blade Pole, which I think that's wrong. I, I don't know when I look at all these teams and games you gave me to look at. I don't know <laughs> that I don't take Liberty Center against every single one of them. Can they beat Anthony Wayne? Can they beat Defiance? Can they beat? Yeah, they can. I mean, you put Liberty Center in the WBL, the NLL, the GLL, the whatever LL, and they're your champion. Liberty Center, number one. And it, to me, guys, it ain't close this year. It ain't close. Liberty Center, number one. So, Phil, recap it for me. 
Uh, we have Scott's uh, edition of the Militia Five. Number five, the Salina Bulldogs out of the WBL. Number four, the Antwerp Archers out of the GMC. Number three, the Anthony Wayne Generals out of the NLL. Number two, the Patrick Henry Patriots out of the NWOL. And rounding out the Militia Five, Scott Barrett edition. Number one, the Liberty Center Tigers uh, still riding that number one spot. Uh, you know, I think until they get taken off, you kind of got to roll with them, guys. Absolutely. Liberty and Lima Bath. You're going to pick Lima Bath <laughs> over Liberty Center. No Dude. way. Hypothetical. <laughs> They're the meme if team. If that guy yet. is going but Lima Bath at 0-10 every week, he's going with them to be yeah. at Liberty Center. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, before we get to you, uh, before we get our shout-outs and our sponsors and everything, uh, we do have a pretty exciting uh, announcement to make. Our www.enzo posted on that and uh, keep all the posts going with that. All the interviews will be posted on there. So if you want to go back and check them out, go back and check them out. Uh, all the episodes are on there. Pictures about us. We'll get all the about us with Kate and Riley up there as soon as possible. It's finally going. It's been a month and a half. It's awesome to have it up. Go check it out. I'll post a link on our website or on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter with our website from tonight. Awesome stuff. Shout out to Mass Media Designs, Mark Bly, and Tabitha Good. Breary, I think, is her last name now. I don't know how to pronounce it. I feel bad for saying it wrong. But without She's those people, absolutely none of this would be possible. Um, thank you guys so much for all that you've done for us, me. It's awesome, great stuff. Uh, shout out to AB Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. You can give Austin Purdue a call at 419-906-1627. Give his drywall, drywall guys a call. They'll come put the new drywall up for you. Give his painters a call, and they'll paint it for you. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll get the painters for you. And then uh, they'll, all that fun stuff, uh, quality painting made easy. Um, Joshua Martin, the unsung hero of our show, Mr. Philgo himself. Um, so thanks to him. And then I think LC Tiger Sports. Shout out to Chambers Control with uh, Mr. Chambers himself. Technology, solar panels, you name it, te techie stuff. Headaches for days. Headaches for days. Mayor Bayenhop Insurance, or known as Meyer Bayenhop Insurance. Servicing the Keep people of Northwest Keep Ohio since 1933. Tiger Den Dairy Bar with everyone's favorite family, the Snyder family. And every time any of you go there, ask for a Duke Burger. Make sure you tell them that we sent you. Or a Shano. Uh, SWAT and Welding with Norm Zeiter, uh, Fabrication Services, and helping out Northwest Ohio Athletics over the years. For at least 500 of them. Three Chord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it. And KK Collision with Mr. Kern himself, Kyle Kern. Don't make him mad. Trust me, you don't want to. <laughs> but heavy duty, heavy duty towing and services over there. So with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. I'm your co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. I'm Mr. Exclusive, Riley Weaver. I am the captain, Captain Caveman. LC Tiger Sports color guy, Scott Barrett. And this is Endzone Militia. Weaver King. Oh. <laughs>